Now jumped into what is either uh, episode number four or, or maybe one, one. Or seven. <laughs> Everybody, I who, think it's really weird too because we keep talking about this as of like like we don't know which order these things are going to be, but at least for me, it's always like, well, it's of course it's going to be more interesting yeah. if we're talking to other people. But that's what I'm wondering if yeah. we should just scrap our own bio versions of yeah, this yeah. and go right to set them on fire. Interesting stuff. stuff though, right? It's true. Right. Who knows? So we'll go from three listeners to one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Exactly. This will be good. So, um, everybody, thanks for tuning in. We um, are in my incredibly hot living room here in Portland, Oregon. Uh, fuck recording from a studio when you can record in a super echoey, hear every tap on this wood table mm-hmm. uh, living room. So, this is Indie Animation with uh, Trevor and Rob. And today we have two totally awesome guests, uh, one of which I have worked with directly. Her name is Sue Twining. And um, Jeff Riley, who I've have never worked with directly they are both um fucking amazing animators and um i welcome you guys both to uh to my living room thanks a lot thanks Trevor. yeah cheers <laughs> nice to be here. i'm sorry there's no air conditioning it's not as hot as some of the rooms in my i was gonna say it's not as it's, it's not, not as bad as it could yeah, be no yeah we're doing okay could be worse trevor good I mean, okay it's fucked but i feel bad it's not as bad as i don't have any sweat could be. on my face yet. yeah not yet okay. And there's no camera, so we don't have to worry. Yeah. Um, yeah, both of these, both of these uh, two are um, stop motion animators. Um, I've known both of them for a long time. And I think part of this will go play into like a theme that keeps coming up, which is uh, drugs. No, I mean, possibly friendship. no friendship. <laughs> yeah. Well, just that the people that you meet and that you work with, uh, a lot of them are the people that you'll continue to work with and continue to meet. So, you know, try not to be a dickhead. And, um, and, and also like, uh, that's part of the, I don't know when you're looking at like, what's the value of going to school or what's the value of being an intern somewhere or that kind of thing. It's this, it's, it's, uh, getting yourself into this, community, whatever the community is so that they, so that you know, these people, because, as we will learn later on, Sue gave me my first job. I did. Well, you did. Not, not gave me, but I yeah. Give it to you. You put my name in the hat. I, I steered you towards it. Ain't nobody else was calling that number. So, but you guys went to school together. We in, did in yes. Philly. You're 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 Philly born and bred, just like no. Mr. Rubshaw. No. no. Oh. God no. No. I'm <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm from Baltimore. Oh, word. So. Yep. Oh, like John Waters. Like John Waters. Like yeah. the Wire. Not oh, like the wire, yes. More Sue was yeah. fucking cracking off burners yeah. before you were born. No, uh, no, uh, the hillbilly version of the wire. <laughs> I grew up on a farm in Baltimore County, which is about a half an hour from the city. Who is the wrestler that lived down the road from you? Oh, really? Yeah. You're gonna change the whole fuck it. Of the podcast. No, it's fine. Uh, Nikolai Volkov. Yeah. Oh my God. The yes. Russian? Yeah. Yeah. Not from Russia. No. Oh. He was Ukrainian, I believe. Okay. Big so, but it but still had an accent. It was a real accent. Oh, yeah. Oh, he yeah. wasn't was like, he was, was like, I'm going to do no, this wrestling show. No, 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 no. He was from the Ukraine. Yeah. And, uh, but he owned a farm down the road from my parents' farm. Mm-hmm. And his daughters went to school with us. And his daughters were a little bit younger than me. The oldest one was in my sister's class. 
but we all rode the school bus together. Nice. And uh, so every morning he would walk them to the bus stop, and you know, it was the '80s, so he was he was the Russian yeah, yeah. wrestler. Yeah. And so well, I really hated at that time too. Like that's like yeah, a. But, I mean, I obviously everybody but, knew uh, the but. country kids. I mean, we all yeah. knew that he wasn't mean. He was like right. the nicest guy. Yeah. So when we get to their bus stop, all the kids would like run to the side of the bus and like right. wave and like say <laughs> hi, and he would. You know, make a stance and like put his arms up, and you know, he would, yeah, he would pretend to be tough. Was he a pretty big guy? Huge, like, huge, gigantic. Yeah, yeah he was huge. Was... And he still <clears throat> lives there, and he like became a congressman. Huh. Yeah, so he was like. A... Seems like politics is a place where wrestlers, yes. some wrestlers yeah, go. Yeah, I don't know. It's a you know, it's the showmanship of it. I yeah. guess. What's that? Yeah, is that him? Well, that doesn't. Huh. Doesn't look like him, but it is. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. Ooh. Nikolai Koloff. There he is. Yeah, yeah. It was Volkov was his Volkov is what yeah, I know. Was his maybe that's his name. son. Oh, right. Yeah, that doesn't wait a minute. Maybe maybe he's the, Nikolai the Volkov, yeah. fake he, fake wrestler son. He fought Hulk Hogan. That guy looks too new. Yeah, yeah. he's new. Yeah, maybe it's his son. Oh. Offspring. No, he had two daughters. No no son. Is a hits an imposter. That's well, because we had a rowdy Roddy Piper out here. Mm. Yeah, yeah. He was the one you see him yeah. in a Seven Eleven or a plaid pantry wearing yeah, his kilt, awesome. like buying yeah. a pack of smokes. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember who it was, but I had a friend who was uh, Hulk Hogan lived down the street. It was a very similar thing where all the kids would like congregate on his. Lawn. Was that here? Are you from no, here? No, no, no. I'm not from here. So, so where are you from, from? Florida. I grew up in Santa Barbara area. I knew that. I just yeah. had to ask the question anyway. Yeah. Because uh, uh, it's a podcast. You're the Mike Wallace of animation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I stopped in San Francisco for a bit, and then they made my way up here. Yeah. And you've you're you're you animated Leica. You've been at Leica for how long? Uh, ten years, maybe. Okay. Depends on when you count it starting. If you're going to go back to Wilmington or not. Yeah, that's a whole other. Mo- that's an on-off kind of thing. Moon right? Girl. No, I, well, I almost worked on the Moon Girl, actually, but I didn't. Was that back when they were going to do it in stop motion? No, I did. I do some CG also. Oh, you do do I CG? Did, oh, I yeah. should say I did like 20 years ago. I haven't touched it. Yeah, word. It's probably the same, right? Probably. Like keyframes and yeah. move the mouse around. Probably. Yeah. You guys sit down. Yeah. Some, some air conditioned. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, but you guys didn't go to school together. How? So you went to school with with Sue. Yeah. But uh, yeah. did did you yeah. guys, were you guys friends and you introduced Rob or vice versa? No, no, no. it was yeah. It was, well, yeah. yeah. So Rob and I. So I owe everything to Sue. Oh. I don't know anybody. Ah. Oh. Sue told Sue has Sue has oh, invited me to everyone. This is happening. Yeah, yeah. Well, this year is the poker game. Oh well, the poker yeah. Game is what sealed yeah. the deal for. <laughs> I didn't know. Any, yeah, I didn't yeah. know any of these guys. Yeah. Well, because it was the picnic. So we all, so... It was the picnic. There yeah. was a Will Vinton, Will Vinton used to do a picnic every summer. Yep. And Will played drums. Yeah, 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 that was the picnic. Apparently that was so offensive to Jeff that he had to yeah, cough. <laughs> was it like the bongos or like a... No, no, like a drum like set. A drum kit? And this was like full on. This was, this was, yeah. this was, this is how long ago it was. This was, this was ponytail Will Vinton. ponytail. Oh, yeah. Fake ponytail. Was it no, fake? It was yeah. No, it was real. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so we're jumping around, right? So, so Rob and I went to school together. I'm from Baltimore. I moved to Philly for college, and Rob and I were in the trenches together. 
in the trenches. School. Literally, we shot our student films together in the basement classroom of this building when, mm-hmm. you know, back when they didn't give you any space for stop motion, you know, it was a long. Then you guys were sharing like a classroom? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And being so, like, get your C stand out of my fucking shot. Dude, we had this crazy. We didn't fight that much. No. no. But it's God. Philly. I just imagine you guys are both pulling knives. Well, see, I was, a, you know, kind of, I wasn't as rough as, as Rob was. I was always running from the roughness, so. No, right. Yeah. Rob we had his defenses uh, nice. up all the time, and I was sort of like naive. I wasn't naive. Not naive. You're like, my friend's dad's a wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't fuck with me. Yeah. yeah. But no, we had this crazy scenario where. There was a classroom in the basement that was the animation room, but from Thursday afternoon to Monday morning, there weren't any classes in there, so we could have the room to shoot it. Oh, that's great. So Rob and I would, you know, Thursday night, drag our sets, drag all our equipment in, set up, and then do these like 72 hour long sessions where we just shot. And, and, then, we're, and then we're shooting on a Bolex and, you know, yeah. whatever. Oh. And were you shooting on stuff. tables where you could drill through the ground? Or were you, like, shooting on the teacher's desk and just having to use, like, wax and shit? I did. All, all mine were weird. Mine was weird because it was 2D animation that was stood up in a mm-hmm. set. So, I, this, like, I wish I had had someone produce a better method for this when I was doing it because it's so dumb. But I hot glued pins onto the bottom of these things and all my set floors were foam core. So I would just pin the things into and the by the end core. of the shoot, nothing would fucking stand out because there were so many holes. But also, in there it. was no we didn't there was no grab or anything. There was no like registrations. Yeah, it's just a fucking hot mess. It looked good though, <laughs> considering I mean, considering what we were working with, it looked pretty good. But yours was real stop motion. I had well, I mean, I had like a little table that I built out of like that pegboard oh, you yeah. know like you hang tools on it already had holes in it yep, absolutely and so you know I use that so all your characters had a my... wide gate when they walk yeah. <laughs> I think there's like one walking shot in my film and yeah. it's like the bane of my existence <laughs> <laughs> it's like, ah can we reshoot that did your school have a stop motion program or was this like we had a class we had one yeah, class it wasn't class. a program mm-hmm. it yeah. was a class and it was run by uh, a guy Dave Deneen who was a basically be- became our friend he was our teacher in school and then our friend after school um but it was uh it was basically like um it was an elective it was an elective the animation program yeah. oh so there was an animation program okay. oh yeah we but were there was a was film major. program and an animation film program. program and an animation program yeah. oh gotcha and yeah. were, was anybody else doing stop motion or were you guys just like ostracized because you're playing with clay we took that there were other people in the class but I don't with any yeah. other senior films that were stop no, motion no just you no yeah. everyone else did hand drawn yeah stuff and there was no I mean it was really like the baby beginnings of CG like yeah. This was like 97. Yeah. So yeah. no, I mean, no college was teaching CG because it was the thing that only industry people did. Right. And, and you was, needed like $10,000 like, computers yeah, to run yeah. Lightwave on. And yeah. Shit. So yeah. we had like, we had some Amigas mm-hmm. and we had like a paint box program. What was it called? Like paint. It was like Amiga paint. Or no something. idea. Yeah. I don't yeah. even remember my, I took, we had a computer class and I don't yeah, even remember like what I one, used. You know, we learned Basically, like I mean, it was like an archaic form of Flash, I guess. Yeah, and they had with, a like, paint with, like MS program. Paint, but like you could have keyframes. So in they it. had alias. They had machines with alias on them, but those were not part of the oh. film program. Those were for the industrial design majors. Yeah, so like if you were really, stuff, yeah. really 
motivated, you could take industrial design courses, use those computers, and do animation on those. But nobody our year did that. Yeah, I think Spencer did that before. Um, But anyway, but it was basically a traditional animation program, hand drawn and experimental, and it mainly was. It just taught you how to make films. And that was four years. It was like four hardcore years in the middle of Philly. Well, you you have a foundation year, so you just take art classes that are not involved with film the first year. Right, like art history and Mm -hmm. seminar and theory. And then your your second year is kind of intro classes, and then your third and fourth year are like thesis Mm -hmm. years. Yeah, and because I was poor, I skipped the foundation (laughs) year and transferred in my sophomore year. So I went to community college and did all and those. got those like freshman like, seminar courses. Yeah, out of there. and yeah. just, you know, drawing. I mean, I would have probably done a lot better if I had taken the life drawing class at a real art school instead of a community college. Yeah. But the community college I went to was really good and they had good teachers and it was really cheap and all your supplies were free. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so I did that and then transferred in. So I went right into animation. Oh, so you were there for three years and you were there for your for four years. Yeah. You didn't have the Robin Williams Goodwill Hunting Community College experience. I did not before. <laughs> no, before going over there. Yeah, no, I did just not. Like yeah. <laughs> um, so you, um, so so, wait, were you guys contemporaries? So you guys like senior year was the same yeah. senior year. Yeah, same year. Yeah, so we yep. were freshmen. I mean, we were sophomores the same year. And then you got the fuck out, and then you stayed and made a karate film. Yeah. So. No, 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 yeah, no, no. <laughs> right? Kind of. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, you know, it's playing close. memento here. Yeah, because you got out because you went to MTV. Yeah, and, and then <gasps> celebrity deathmatch. Just a plug, yeah. So because the reason I got out was because of a friend of ours, Musay. Oh, I didn't know that. Brooker. Yeah, so Musay Brooker, who Musay Musay was oh, like, hey, Sue, God, come here, man. Fuck Rob. Yeah. Well, what happened was Rob. Rob can just stay living at his mom's house. I don't know yeah, where you were then. My mom's house. <laughs> Wait, how I just soon told after you. graduate. <laughs> It was a year. So a year after graduation, um, Rob's making a kung fu film. Uh, Musay Brooker, who's one of the kindest, nicest souls in the entire world, um, yes. calls you and is like, I'm fucking around in New York with, I imagine, Dan Driscoll? Was Driscoll? No. Not yet. Not no, yet. this is before those guys. Oh, yeah. this is so, pre- I think it was like Brad Schiff and and. So what happened Cameron. was Musay graduated... Before us. <gasps> you guys went to school with Musay? Yeah. Yeah. You guys were keeping that a secret. You didn't even tell me that huh. in the, when we were going through your history. Uh, oh, no shit. It was only an hour. Yeah. It was a lie. <laughs> well, Musay didn't call you for that job, so maybe that's why. It's he true. called me instead, yeah. so that's why. Payback. We have, yeah. We fly Musay up here. Actually, I don't think Musay knew me that well in school. He, he didn't, I don't think. And so what they did at UArts was your... Like your sophomore year, you had to work on a senior's thesis film. Hmm. So they had this thing where like the seniors would kind of hire, quote unquote, the the sophomores so the sophomores could see what it took to actually complete mm-hmm. their senior thesis. And the sophomores got credit for it. Yeah. It was like it was class. fucking it was mandatory. Your, yeah, yeah, it was part of it. You had to mentor with one of the seniors and you had to do some work. Mm-hmm. And and you know, because back then it was all it was all hand drawn stuff, so they needed people to like color cells, yeah, and, and the in between, right, 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 you know, paint stuff, and you know. So I worked on Musay's senior film. 
I just, you know, colored a bunch of rhinoceros. Rhinoceroses. Rhinoceroses. Was a Musay's Musay's thesis was a was was hand drawn. Two D. We'll get Musay on the podcast too, and you can learn his history because it's related but different. We've only I've only seen that man in person twice, maybe three times, and it was like a phenomenally positive experience each time oh, yeah, because yeah. of social media. Like I said with like Jeff, I just feel like we all grew up together. Uh-huh. Even though like I haven't met half. He was part of He was part of that. He, he was part, he was part of this. He was part of this yeah. picnic poker team that you're going to hear about later on. But oh, yeah. anyway, yeah, yeah. Worry, Jeff, you'll get your chance with the yeah. guy with the ponytail playing bongos in the park or whatever. <laughs> Will playing Vinton. real drums. Yes. Yes. Okay, right. <laughs> so Musay graduated before us and he went, to New York and got a job on Daria at MTV. Oh yeah. So he was. Which working. they're bringing back now. They're bringing yeah. Daria back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Are they gonna change her grunge wear? Or are they gonna keep her the same? I'm sure they're gonna change everything. I don't know, but I think everyone's gonna realize now that Daria's father is the father now, from so. Rick and Morty. They're the same. Uh, they're both just speaking from a place of panic. Yeah, it's mm. amazing. <laughs> yeah. So he went to so MTV. He went to MTV while we were still in school. Yeah. And he worked on Daria. Yeah. And then the year that so we graduated in 97 and then there was a year there where you know rob was living in his mom's house mm. i was working in a bar not oh i remember that bar yeah <laughs> that was I fun was bartending during the day <laughs> nice oh that's a little great. like corner neighborhood was Philly it filled bar. with alcoholics the oh, real yeah. all the high the rollers were men, there wow. little old men who used to tip me with like cat food coupons because they knew I had a cat and yeah. so they instead of giving me like a dollar that's endearing that's really sweet the 12 mugs of Budweiser they yeah, yeah. that day yeah. they would they would give me some coupons yeah. for like meow the mix the shittiest cat food yeah. ever like yeah. nothing you would want to it wasn't fancy feast it, not even no, no. no. so Mousset was at MTV when the Deathmatch pilot yeah. started but and so he was there working on Daria and he heard that this thing was happening and he knew that my senior film was stop motion and so he he called he contacted me he called me and said hey they're doing this thing called slower deathmatch and you should send them your reel no shit because they they need animators and at the time like nobody was working in stop mo like Especially not in New York. I mean, yeah. people were just, it just wasn't. But there was like activity happening in Chicago at that time. Like Bix was out there. They were turning out commercials in Chicago. That was bef- well. Right? Because we were talking bef- about like, I guess that was a late like 80s. 99, right? yeah. yeah. I don't, I mean. I don't think there was anything. There wasn't. No, I don't think not Bix yet. Was, I don't think Bix did anything until a little bit later. Oh, I could later be wrong. Than that. What but was. You, oh, go ahead. Uh, uh, and was, when you got there, did they already have like uh, frame grabbers or did those come? Did same, those get developed during the show? A little bit later. Well, so, yeah, when I, so I started, we were, um, I started on the first seat. Like, they shot the pilot, mm-hmm. and then it played at, like, the Super Bowl, or, I don't know, it, like, premiered some place, and then they launched the show I feel like I remember seeing that. But you guys shot that fucking, I mean, you weren't on the pilot. You were on the no, first season. No, I wasn't on the pilot, but the first season happened, like, right after the pilot. But you guys, and I think what makes Celebrity Deathmatch unique from other stop motion pictures whether it's stop motion or, or television or film is you guys shot in a fucking skyscraper with low ceilings in new york right Dude, just like unheard it, of for stop motion it was right you guys basically shot in a call center like a like a, shot in a like an office on building. the 52nd floor of the viacom building it was all carpeted yes like yeah. every room was carpeted every room had sprinklers yeah. in the ceiling so the best part about it was that we had to like 
hang pieces of tape from the sprinklers. So we would have a range of like how close we could put the lights. <laughs> because if the light got too close yeah, to the, the sprinkler, temperature would trigger, the temperature right? would trigger it and the whole building would flood. Yeah. Did you guys ever have that happen? No, it never oh, happened. But yeah. it would have been really, I'm surprised. I know. I know. I'm surprised it, it never happened. But yeah, we so we were like, yeah, shooting on carpet. So everything was just kind of sort of taped mm-hmm. to the ground, but not glued and, you know, but... Everyone, pretty much everyone that was working on it was like right out of school yeah. yeah, or had maybe done a couple of things. Right. But Bump in the Night was, was the one job right, that right, right. People, people had, had worked done on before they came to mm-hmm. death. Who, who was Bump in the Night? That was Blyman and, and uh, Ken Pontac. But Blyman was directing at that time. Blyman right. and Ken Pontac are the show creators. They were the show creators of Bump in the Night. That's right. So I think they did everything on that show. Because that- I think they had come from... And I could be totally lying about this, but I think they came from, it was like, they, they got involved with Cloakie. They were on the Gumby, the new Gumby. The new Gumby. And I think that then they pitched CBS or whoever it was with Bump of the Night. And so, um, do you think that they were, because it was stop motion and MTV probably wasn't cash strapped at the time, but they were, they were willing to hire students right out of school because the nature of the animation was such that you didn't need Disney level, uh, uh, shooting on one. What the fuck did you guys shoot on? You guys shoot on fours? No, it was, on, it was on twos. Oh, yeah, twos, but, but video. But video. Video twos. I mean, we were shooting video cameras. Wait, what? Yeah. For reals? Yeah. Like so a Betamax video. or like no, some sort no, of giant? Like we had, so we shot in Premiere. Really? If that makes any sense. You would it feed does. the capture yeah, so the directly into. Yeah, the video camera would go right into Premiere. To encode in, in Premiere, yeah. And we yeah. shot frames in Premiere. And then if we wanted to watch what we were doing, we would make a movie and play it back. Right. Wow. And that's how we did it for the first a couple of months. And then there were two grabbers. And so lunchboxes. So, sure, yeah. So they got... In SD. Uh, that yeah. Could on, that could only hold 90, yeah. 90 frames? Oh, God. I don't even remember. I don't even think I ever used it because yeah. there were only two lunchboxes and they put them in... The senior animators? The action rooms. Yeah. Where, you know, because we worked in pairs. Like oh, We worked really? in teams. Yeah, really? it was just... It was so you couldn't weird. frame by frame back through no. what you shot. No. It was It was really... Yeah, we had onion skin. Uh-huh. And we... I mean, you couldn't even really click... I mean, you couldn't click back and forth. Right. Really. Yeah. You were just kind of doing it. Yep. And, you know, back then, we weren't... That's how we were used to doing it. But if right. you were teaming up, that meant two animators on one set? Yeah. Oh, because you're teaming up because there's an opponent. So you're assigned... Sometimes, yeah. Nikolai... Nikolkov or whatever. Or whatever, right? Like <laughs> Alanis, Somebody's got Alanis Morissette and somebody's got yeah. Celine Dion. Yeah. And oh, that makes sense. I bet that sometimes, fight totally happened, yeah. too. Or sometimes one person would animate the crowd and oh, the other right. person would oh. animate the, you know, the characters in... Because was there no... There was not green screen? Everything was shot practically? There was some green screen... Uh, for special shots, season, yeah, yeah. We we were doing more green screen stuff, but I mean the shots were all so simple. It was like the ring, and the audience, mm-hmm. and like a row of Christmas lights that we had to kind of move around to get them in the shot, and it had you know like three lights. So we kind of did everything. We set up the cameras, we set up the shot, we kind of moved the light around so it didn't look terrible. Wait, 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 yeah. wait, wait! What yeah, the yeah. fuck? Wait, yeah. are you fucking kidding? And then the director would come in and you know like tweak some stuff and. 
but we were doing so there wasn't look like the last looks train where like the dresser came in and the the dp came in and like wow we didn't even have animatics for those shows what did you have i think bullet points we had like these really rough storyboards but none of them were timed out there was no there was no like timing of shots yeah so a lot of times the direction would be and we'd have like dialogue tracks. So, you know, it's like introducing blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you know? that's fixed. So we'd in time, have the yeah. dialogue track. But a lot of times, it would just, the director would be like, eh, make it like four or five seconds. This goes against everything I believe in. I know. Like hearing about this now, it's like, I'm getting stressed out. I'm and sweating. It's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. And then so it ended up like, I mean, we shot a lot of stuff that never made it into the show. That's crazy. Because it was too long. But it, it, it didn't matter because we were just churning out these shots and they were getting cut together and they were kind of working. And we would put together little movies in Premiere mm-hmm. to see if like if we were doing a, a sequence where things were cutting together. Mm-hmm. But usually it was just like... So can I tell a little story about when you were working on this? Um, at that At this time I was teaching some sort of like intro to experimental animation class at... at University Arts, our school, and Sue was my, like one of my guest speakers that came to the class. I forgot about that. And Wait, she, you taught? Yeah, I'm learning so many new things. That's great. <laughs> I, That's great. I wasn't very good, and I was very. It was very stressful. But I, uh, Sue, Sue came, and she had been working on Deathmatch, and she brought like some of her Deathmatch stuff to share. And I just remember, even and you must have been using grabbers at this point when you. Some sort I think of grabber. You used a grabber at the by the second season because you showed me some stuff, and one it looked like it had already jumped because it was like clear picture where we had been shooting on a Bolex with no witness camera, with no grabbers and no. I don't. We weren't even Monitors, using um, surface gauges or anything. We were we were guessing. Jesus. And um and that's what I was used to looking at as like the stuff that we did. And usually the transfer was some like shitty transfer off of a work print or whatever. And then it's all smudgy and blurry. Yeah. And so even though this was video, this was like direct from the camera in and it just looked a little cleaner and the, the puppets were all figured out. And I, and I remember she was showing a a fight scene and I remember just looked so pro compared to anything that I had yeah. Scene that is the coolest thing to hear. Uh, that is so fucking cool. But I just like at the time I was just like, what the fuck? Because it hadn't been long. I mean, it was like Sue was like oh, like a peer, and then all of a sudden she's been working as a professional for a few months, and all of a sudden like the animation looks so much better. And right. I was just like, what the fuck, Sue? And she was like, oh, <laughs> they have these things called grabbers. And I wish I could record that conversation because yeah, I, I feel like it would have been like a good like. Like insurance video type thing where they're like, "What is a grabber?" Right. And then, well, let me tell you. <laughs> Sue walked me through it, but it really was between that conversation and then whenever I was on Gary and Mike a few years later, yeah. in, a couple months in, if I could, like, it was like one of those things where you knew that this thing was being that this whole game was changing very quickly because of this one little bit of technology was like such a big deal for like changing the learning curve, changing the kind of like the type of artists that would get into this type of work was, was it, it, it it meant that you like before the grabber, I feel like there's a real type of animator that becomes a stop motion animator. And I think it's a, 
after the grabber, it's a wider net of people that maybe like didn't have to be super as patient or as detail oriented totally, to get absolutely. into doing but, this. But that, w- that was given birth to here in Portland, Oregon, in part by Gary McRobert, right? The local engineer and armaturist in Portland that helped give birth to the very first version of the, the lo- video lunchbox was the, made in Portland. The video right? lunchbox. Yeah, Gary, I heard that he, I, I, he I, I heard that thought, he played not, a role in it. But it, this was the early one where the 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 the, the, the lunchbox one or something was twelve frames or something. I have no or idea. Or sixteen those frames. On nightmare. Or well. Mm. No. The nightmare one though was, was an Amiga, a, I think, three, that had a three frame. Three frames, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was three. I just I heard pretell, I heard lore because um, in working at Bent Image Lab, every now and again, um, you'll work with Gary McRobert. He'll just pop up. He'll just like come out yeah, of the woodwork, yeah, yeah. and a fascinating guy. Super love the man to death. Should get him on here. Oh yeah, my yeah. god, we should. Yeah. Holy shit, we yeah, should. We'll ask one question. Yeah. And, and that it'll shit be, will be done. Yeah. Well, I have 32 hours on this SD card. Oh, you can, um, you can fill that. Let's do it. Sure. He's a great man. He's a fucking nine and a half he's feet amazing. tall. He's like, a yeah. super genius. When he's on, I'll tell you, I have a great Gary, Gary McRoberts story about armatures and human size. Because he's a fucking giant. He's a, he's he's a, a big man. He's yeah. like, like his hands are like, I'm like, we could, we could play like, like but the Hobbit, I could be I could be the Hobbit, and then he would be like the normal size guy, or he could be Hagrid, <laughs> and I could be yeah, Harry he's Potter. He's got to come on the show, but he's so nice. Yeah, he's yeah. kind of yeah. folksy. Yeah. Hey guys, we have an episode zero of this show that we really want you to share with your friends, with your social circles. So uh, tweet, Instagram, Facebook, MySpace, MySpace, Friendster. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Right. We should totally Friendster, Friendster. this thing. Yeah. We should bring Friendster back to life. Share episode zero on Friendster because that's probably where we got the one listener from Iraq. I Oh, we I've, have a listener in Iraq. Pulled up the facts about our podcast. And the facts are we've had two listeners from Canada, two from Germany, and one from Iraq. What up, Canada? There should be a lot more Canada. That's what I'm thinking. I know a lot of people in Canada. But only six in Australia. The fuck? Are we that terrible? (laughs) So uh, help us bring those numbers up. Help us get this show out to people. And the way you do that is take episode zero and share it and retweet it and retweet retweet the retweet. Yeah. Or else Slender Man's going to come after you. Yeah. And I'll heart it. When you retweet, I heart. I'll heart it too. I think you're right, though, that it changed who got into stop motion. Because I remember totally. when I first started like in high school experimenting, I had to turn the camera on and off as fast as I could. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And if you mess it up, you ruin your whole shot. Mm-hmm. You hit it three times, and then you just have a big recording of you like, oh no, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you're using a video camera, right? Or like, just on a, like a pause? Yeah, just like turning the shoot on and off. So little, so let's go to little little Jeff Riley land for a minute. We're in uh, Santa Barbara. Yes. Wine and, country, right? Kind of, yeah. And you're you're how old when you kind of start taking an interest? Um, I've been interested in like kind of special effects since I was a really young kid. Mm-hmm. And then kind of it wasn't till about high school that I started. Um, just like making toys animate mm-hmm. and things like that, turning with a on a video camera on a video camera, turning it on and off as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. My friend Dante and I had it down to it like it was like yeah. it was almost like you got a good rhythm and it was just for as little yeah. 
It was like the amount of time that it took the, for the camera to like pre-roll, engage, and then yeah. stop. Right, and then if you went too fast, though, it wouldn't... You got nothing. It wouldn't yeah, register, yeah. 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 But like that sweet spot, it's like six to eight frames or something. Oh, I think you get right. like two or three. I would wear. Ooh, that's yeah, way better yeah, than yeah. mine. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I should pull it out. I think you yeah. could get it pretty. It was like, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that was like in high school. I was experimenting with that, and then it was kind of came time to, like, oh, what am I actually going to do? I was like, I think I want to. Like after high school or like, end of high school. It was getting to like I had to pick where right, I was going to yeah. go, what I was going to do, and so I just was like, I think I want to do animation, mm -hmm. and. I think Jurassic Park just came out, but I was more interested in stop motion. Mm -hmm. There was no just from the get go. You were yeah, I wanted to do stop motion from the get go, but there was like maybe CalArts had some classes, and that was a little bit out of my price range. <laughs> so um, I ended up looking around, and I went to the Academy of Art in San Francisco. Oh, yeah. For a couple years, and I was mostly doing CG though. They didn't have. They actually, it, they at one point had one stop motion class, which is cool because there was a community of people that had been on Bump in the Night. And I think some people. What year were you? Yeah, in, what year was yeah. that? Ninety five, I think. So you're like there from 90, 95 to ninety seven. Yeah, oh, I was there from ninety eight to. Was it? Really? Dude, but yeah. wasn't wasn't yeah. was wasn't was Nightmare in the Bay Area? Nightmare. Okay, Nightmare and James had been there. And they, James was just finishing, okay. I think, right around then. Mm -hmm. Open the Night was probably going the first year James mm -hmm. was there. Mm -hmm. But and that's then, in the same facility. That's still in Skellington. Bump, was it? Was it? Bump in the Night there? I don't think it was. No. Probably, I don't know, actually. Yeah. But they were... Someone, I Bump in the Night was at Custer. Yeah, I think Bump in the Night was some other spot. Okay. But anyway, they someone came and taught a class, which was mostly how to make a puppet. And so we kind of spent the whole... Do you remember who... Making a puppet. Do you remember who it was? I, I could find this out. I just would. I would just love to know if it was one of those weird moments where, like, you're working with that person years later and then and they kind of suck. Uh, I feel like that's a thing. Well, it's a thing that happens. Actually, um, no, no, it's a thing that happens. T. Reed's first wife. Do you know who? That's what I remember. What, no. Do you know who that is? No. I don't. Would I? Would I know her? I don't think she ever was in Portland. Okay. Then no. Probably, probably don't. It was know. a good class, but my yeah. puppet. Uh, I spent the whole class making this puppet, which was an early version of what I ended up using uh, in Operation Fish. That's funny. Ah, that's and awesome. It was unusable. Yeah, because it came, came out of the mold so heavy that it couldn't support itself. Did you make? <laughs> was it? Did you try to make like a ball and socket? Thing? Uh, it was wire. Okay. Because I do. Like, I remember also you you had yeah, some had a, you had some you had some funky ball and socket contraptions that going was, on. After that, so that was what happened at that school was that basically they kind of taught at that time. I'm sure it's different now, but they just kind of taught programs. So you would mm -hmm. like get in and you'd like, oh, this is how you use this program, and they had an amazing lab. So it's different than they yeah. had like CGI computers, mm -hmm. and, and that was ninety five to ninety. Seven? Yeah, something like okay. But they had like a big C, a floor of computers. Yeah, floor. And they were all those candy Macs. Is right? that where you went to? Yeah, I went That's to crazy. the... crazy. Yeah, I did my fine art at uh, at the Academy and did my film in Los Angeles. Didn't, like When you were going to all the, the Macs, they, they had... I don't think they had any Macs. Really? It was PC? Because they, they did nothing but Macs and it was all those candy colored Macs. Oh, where it was like... Oh, the, the first CI Mac? Yeah. The, yeah. The, the little, yeah. Yeah, just, just a C floor. It was just the... Uh, SGI machines and they were definitely I think they were more like forty or eighty thousand dollar computers and you had to sign up you get six hours a week 
and it was like 24 <laughs> hours a day. So I had sometimes a lab that would be from like one to four in the morning mm-hmm. and you just had to go. But then you right. get accosted walking spot. home because San Francisco. Yeah, That's when the city exciting, comes alive, man. Definitely some exciting times getting home. What uh, part of town were you? So I, at that point, I was living, what is it? Let's see. Because the labs were on Market Street. No, yeah. no, New Montgomery. Yeah, I was over, uh, what's the what's the back entrance, entrance to Presidio? I was like on oh. Sacramento and yeah. I can't remember what, Presidio Heights maybe is the Yeah. Part? So that's just a little bit. It's, it's kind a of little a, bit. It's like a three miles. Yeah, three miles, kind of northeast yeah, of uh, of the main campus. Yeah, like yeah. that back. You know, like in the Presidio, there's like that back road. Yeah, it's like right a block or two from that. So it's a bit of a trek to get home, and sometimes the buses didn't even run, mm-hmm. so it would just be kind of like walking home. I remember and then doing the, the walking day, I'd too. Have, I do remember it. I would leave at four, get home at like five, and then I had a class at seven the next day. So. That was so you power nap and yeah. Can I ask a weird question about your San Francisco experience? Yeah. For some reason, when I uh, when I was going to the academy, I lived in the Mission District okay. back in '98 when it was super rough and tumble. Yeah. Like people were getting murdered. They were, yeah. I lived there in 2001, and it had started gentrifying already. Did, it was oh, yeah. actually rather pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was. It was rough and tumble when I was there. There was one thing that I noticed about San Francisco that I didn't notice before I moved there and I hadn't noticed since. I couldn't keep my fingernails clean because I would be walking around the city so much that like I literally would like for two years just be like, I have disgusting fingernails. That's a fucking weird. Is that a weird that, thing to bring up? Yeah. Did you wear flip flops then? Because that probably would be I, I didn't, but I've got flip flops on right now. I, yeah. I had the so I had the opposite. Uh, we'll, we'll get back to animation in a quick second, but I had the opposite. <laughs> get off of manicuring. Yeah. Where it was like, there was like, like to get to my, to get to my place in the mission, like I lived in an alleyway in between Valencia and mission on like 19th. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it smelled like pee. That's where I lived, dude. I was 24th in mission. And there was, there was definitely like rough shit going on, but I felt so much more invisible than I did on the East coast. Like I felt like, I felt like I, w- I would walk down the street and people would be like, yeah, he's, he's not a drug dealer, so we don't really care like what this guy's doing. Whereas like it's almost the opposite in Philly was just like, you, you, you don't belong on this street. Like, what are you fucking doing here? Yeah, because yeah. my buddy, my, uh, my roommate at the time, um, who has like a lot of Italian blood, so he looks less privileged white than I do, got punched in the face on Mission Street. Um, by some Latino guys um, saying, get the fuck out of my neighborhood. Oh. Yeah, it was brutal. Yeah, when I first went there, I lived in the Tenderloin, and that was a different experience. Oh, you lived in the Tenderloin? Yeah, it was definitely, uh, you know, for 18-year-old me, quite a... and to avoid yeah. conversation because well, it's like, like the you gateway like, look ahead without yeah. no matter how crazy something is right next to you yeah. you turn and look that person is gonna it's an invitation to yep, exactly. you just like cannot even yeah your no eye contact, them, yeah. yeah like you're fine how long did you live in Tenderloin? Uh, that was just the first year, and then I moved. To you the- lived in the Tenderloin for a year? Yeah, so we lived. Um, it was, I think, they had like an apartment. The school did that. Um, mm-hmm. They rented out. Yep. And that's where it was. And we definitely, it was pretty like. There was, was it like a building of students, or was it like kids, one apartment? Like, would hang out. They were like, buildings in front of our yeah. building. You had to walk 
Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I don't, I don't want any. Thank you. I'm, I'm yeah. good. I'm good. But I think the academy was known for that. There was, um, there were some rumors going around when I was at the school saying that the, um, the school itself was really just a real estate company that because they had owned so many buildings and that the different departments were scattered all throughout the entire peninsula. Like you had your sculpting department near the yeah. beach, and you had your yeah. CG really? department. And the, you know, the neat thing is my friends. We're in just a different building, and it was like this huge mansion. That's that right. They just bought, and like everyone yeah. had a bedroom in this mansion. And then Weird. Like tenderloin. Oh my god, you didn't get to pick, I guess. No. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, you yeah. made so many men. They were like, yeah. "Fuck this." I always guy. envy the the <laughs> folks who had the the school housing because we li- I lived in a studio apartment with two other people. And, and it was just like a drug den. I mean, our place was not a drug den. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we did a lot of LSD, but um, right, was not a den um, per se? No, no, no. But the neighborhood was rough and tumble. Mm-hmm. I want to live in that mansion. I want to go back yeah, in time and live in the mansion. I know it was really pretty cool. Man. So, so you're you're doing CG in school. Yeah. How Light do you wave? what what happens? Why what, how do you get into stop motion? And was that like a conscious decision, or was yeah, that so? It was about a couple years in, I just realized I really enjoy, I think by that time I probably had in my apartment, like on the ground with like plywood, started shooting some tests Mm -hmm. and I just liked it much. What are you shooting on at that time? Uh, Probably a Super 8 camera. Okay. And I was shooting and shortly after that I met Chuck Duke Mm -hmm. through some of my friends who we were going to meet up with someone uh, else. Actually, it was Hal Hickel. Oh, yeah. Because you were in a town where there were stop-motion yeah, animators living. Yeah, but no, there right. was no work, though. Right, but they were so there. So they all had switched to CG, and they were all right. moaning. So I, I, we... <laughs> <laughs> they were all warning you not to get into the right. CG I, industry. No, I, they were I all went, getting stock options. <laughs> uh, we went out to meet up with... My friends and I were, we had a great group of friends, and that's how I learned most of the stuff. We taught each other, and we were really really good at like going out there we would like we saw like birdhouse and um uh how or uh, tim hiddle's film mm-hmm. oh, and then we're like picture. let's call them and then we went and got a phone book and we started calling all the hiddles until you we... went through the <laughs> phone book <laughs> yeah and then we called uh, zimmerman we talked to zimmerman huh. yeah for, richard like, right yeah you, wait hours. so you went through the phone yeah book. you just that's amazing yeah so we did that stuff See, like that and that's kids how we... today they can contact anybody that's true. You had to work hard. That's true. Yeah, there's no LinkedIn back then. There's no LinkedIn. Right. There's no Facebook. But also, then there was special when you broke through, whereas right. like now it would be like, yeah, I'm just not going to open this email. Whereas like you, you were probably you like knowing those guys now, knowing 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 uh, Rich, you probably he was probably like, oh shit, somebody's interested. Great, you know, like yeah, that you uh, were accosting him. Yeah, you're not. Yeah. It's not. You're not getting. You're not getting all this junk mail. You're getting. Uh, you know, but, you feel like oh, someone because when you do yeah. this stuff, you really. Uh, don't feel like people care very much about what you do. I mean, I guess it's probably different on a like a film because there because there is a sense of like excitement over like oh Kubo came out and like and yeah. It's out there. So there is a there is somewhat of a sense, but I I feel like even still, if someone was like, oh my god, you did this shot on this thing, you would feel kind of like a a. There would be a nice feeling that goes along with that. I think those guys, they made those films, and they're like, whoa, some, someone saw my film? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But at that time, was it, is it Colossal, Colossus? 
Wasn't that that Damn. was happening? That, okay, that I think just closed. It had just closed, and because um, I think Selleck was a creative director over there for yeah. a while. He was doing like the the Ritz peanut butter, right. like roller coastery kind of thing. Just closed. Yeah, but that that time period is vastly different than right now, where every major city on the West Coast right now has like three fucking stop motion studios that all have deals with Amazon, and the frequency of stop motion right now is really high. But the I mean, fuck, even like 10 years ago, stop motion was still going through that like yeah, feast and is, famine period. Yeah, this is one of the lowest lows. Yeah. yeah. Like, everything had just stopped. Because James and the Giant Peach James had finished. Peach, yeah, yeah. it was over. The commercial place closed. Well, and that's and when was everything was going to CG. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like Nightmare for Christmas and Jurassic Park came out in the same year. That's funny. It's the same year. Yeah. And we were in college. And I remember like hearing a story that they did... Oh, yeah. You know, dinosaur test for for you know, and now of course we know who In did those motion. dinosaur tests, and we've worked with them. So it's like, but I remember being like, oh my god, it's it's ending, it's right. over. You know, and yeah. I bet I bet yeah felt that way too. You know, but that rumor also, and I and I, I agree, but that rumor keeps coming back. It's I, I feel like constant. I feel like yes. one of the things that a question that I answer all the time is like, so do you think that that stop motion will be around? Or do you think it's kind of dying? And I'm like, I don't. Yeah, one, I, I one I don't know. <laughs> but also, like the o- the only reason it's happening in the first place is because people love doing it in the first place. Like it has the base of stop motion is so dedicated to the art form yeah. in a way that almost nothing almost nothing else in the world has the same dedication. That I don't think it'll ever totally. Even if there was no market for it, I don't think it would totally yeah. die out. But By I feel far, like- though, the most intuitive way to animate I mm-hmm. think. so it's like the quickest you can just like move, start moving something and be like whoa yeah because we I do it animate. we do that as children I mean we yeah. like play with dolls yeah, and shit really in G.I. Joe's it's like this normal thing I never played with dolls but, uh, but I mean, you know but as a producer <laughs> stop motion is not fucking cost effective it's not because the physical Sh- footprint ever? that you need yeah. to fabricate to shoot yeah, like hold it's on, a hold on, fucking hold on hold on hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Stop. I, I disagree with this because think about in CG, when you watch a movie in CG, have you ever tried to count the names? How many? People? Oh, like you mean like at the end of like Despicable Me or something yeah, like that? The yeah. People you need to do anywhere from like mid to high level CG is like probably five times more. Well, and they're I, getting paid a lot more. And they're more. getting paid more. They're getting paid a lot more. But you know, I. I yeah. So don't tell me that it's not cost effective. I hear you, but uh, <laughs> my perspective and my point in bringing it up was just from a footprint, from a physical footprint yeah. point of view. That you know, in Hillsboro, you got yeah, hundred and fifty thousand yeah, square foot warehouse yeah. that Leica has, right? Yeah. And that they went ahead and expanded into what two other buildings, like yeah. the Jetta building and the building next door. So from a real estate point of view and from a from a footprint point of view, you physically need a lot of space, and that space is you know terribly expensive. Versus, you could do a two D picture, you could do a CD, CG picture, um, where you don't need as much space. Now, from a headcount point of view, yeah, because you guys at Leica. Um, you guys make a picture with like 220 people all in? Yeah, maybe something two like or that. Maybe two or 300, but yeah. you're right. You look at Despicable Me or you look at a CG picture and the end credits is like, it's like reading the Bible, like yeah. footnotes yeah. from the Bible. It's like just tiny print with like yeah. a ton of people. Like yeah. the Vietnam Memorial. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so, what, so were you at the Academy for four years? No. So, um, around, so I, we went out to this one. Uh, lunch or something and 
Hal brought Chuck Duke, who was a stop-motion animator who had just started working at ILM. And just by coincidence, I was sitting next to him and the CG, my friends were really having an intensive talk with Hal about something. And I just, Chuck was kind of quiet and I was kind of quiet. And then he's like, oh, do you do that? And I was like, yeah, kind of, I'd rather do stop motion. And then his eyes just kind of lit up. He's like, oh, really? He's like, I wish I was still doing stop motion. And then we just struck up a friendship and he kind of became a bit of a mentor where I would just shoot stuff and he would I'd bring it over or I'd meet up somewhere with a, a VHS tape of yep. it and <laughs> watch a shot and uh, dark alley two cars yeah. meet up you drop off the tape <laughs> and drive off it would have briefcase yeah no he would give me really good advice and be like oh you know start start tracking the arms so they're not wiggling all over us oh yeah oh okay anyways just stuff like that so I kind of around that point had realized like you know I should go even though there wasn't much happening I decided to just, like, I wanted to do stop motion. So um, I kind of slowed down with the classes at the academy and started doing a class or two at the city college to get mm -hmm. some better lights and equipment so that I would, you could borrow. And within maybe a few months after that, I just was like, oh, I need to just go for this. And I remember having a conversation with my dad about, I was like, dad, I'm going to, here's the plan. It's a good plan. I'm gonna drop out. And <laughs> You're gonna love this like, plan, man. I think we're gonna now save let me so finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Hold on. Hold on. There's okay. more. We're gonna save so much money because I'm gonna drop out. And but give like, me ten grand because I'm gonna, gonna relocate to New York. I was like, let me stay here for six months, and I'm gonna like work hard, and I'm gonna get a job within six months. And if I don't, then I'll you know come pack it up and come home. And then I just every morning would wake up and. Um, shoot on the floor of my apartment and I tried to do about eight hours a day. And at some point, I think I got a frame grabber and that was what really did accelerate things. Oh, so you did it, you got a grabber. Somewhere at Catholic, yeah. at first I was just going with like surface gauges blind and then I got the grabber. And then like about, that's right when um, Wilmington Studios got two shows at once. So it went from nothing happening at all to suddenly they needed about 60 animators. That was PJ's and, and Gary and Mike. And, Gary and, Mike. Mm -hmm. and yeah, so I just sent all these clips of these uh, silly things I was working on on the floor. Through, through the mail, through the yeah, United States Postal on a, Service. A, on a VHS and send it on up. And then it was around then I got called up to come up for a tryout. For which picture? Well, I got called up for, it was actually for Gary and Mike. But then it was kind of like a funny thing where all the tapes had gone. Well, anyway, I was up for Gary and Mike. And I had to do a two. I had to do an acting shot and a walking shot. But you did it with PJ's puppets, even though it was Gary and Mike, right? Yeah, I think so. So you oh, like so grabbed Smokey or whatever. Yeah, and... I had it was very good. And I, I did remember there, the yeah. first test was like spectacular. The acting one was like really went great and they were like they were like oh don't worry we're gonna hire you just go do the walk though you gotta still do the walk like kept restarting it was not the walk was going horrible and like i was in a panic and then someone came in there like jeff you need to come with us now to the other building i was like what and i just stopped with, i was like i'm not done with my test They're like don't worry about the test and then it was uh mary Mary Sandel. Sandel. Yeah. I went over and she was like, you know, a funny thing happened. We stopped getting reels um, 
you know, they, they were sending them all to the other show. And I was like, where's the reels? And then we got them. We got access to them today. And I was like, oh, I want to hire this person. And that's you. So you can pick which show you want to be on. Oh, nice. And I was like. Oh, I didn't even realize yeah. that. So awesome. I was like. And then it was like failing that test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, just like, someone. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that must have felt great. Then you just pulled the cord out. I bet you weren't failing that test as bad as you thought yeah, you were. Because sure. I definitely fucking better. failed that test yeah. and still got a job. That's great. I think Mary has a really good bedside manner. Like, she oh, just has this, amazing. like, really warm, wonderful... I think when she was a, a lawyer for a year, she fucking hated it so much that every day after that, she was very thankful to, like, mm-hmm. to get into producing and mm-hmm. masquerade. Yeah. That definitely... That. And, you know, the, I picked the PJs, and that show, it probably is a lot to do with Mary, and same with Mark, though. I've never been on a more harmonious show yeah. no. in my career. And this is Mark um, Gustafson? Yeah. Yeah. It's just such a happy yeah, place. Maybe I was really good. young, but like it was wow. like literally you like I would you'd go like oh I'll go get like a snack and you it would take like two hours. <laughs> <laughs> you come back and you're like high fiving people. Oh, how are you? How are you? And then you'd have to like be like okay, I can't can't leave my high fiving yeah. people. Yeah, just walking down the high. Wow, the but this is yeah. um, man. Uh, what season was this by this time? This that is season two. season two. And so you guys had moved from Old Reliable was the building, I think. They were still in Reliable, weren't they? No, they, no, they, they were in the Gary and Mike building for season one. Oh, okay. Eon, and then they moved to Reliable for season two. For season two. And you guys had um, Octavia Hunter was the, yes. um, she was a floor manager? No. She was a stage, stage, stage manager. manager. Camera. Yeah, she was in charge of all the cameras. And t- today's the 17th of yes. July? So for the folks who don't know, so Octavia Hunter just passed away on uh, July 15th uh, around midnight yeah it was very sad yeah huge yeah. loss for I mean we've all worked with her off and yeah. on for the last 15 years, years yeah 15 years so yeah it's, that's a hard one yeah big loss to the community up here Octavia Hunter miss her I love that girl the best so um, so you came up for season two and then was there like a phantom season three for the PJs? It was like a six was episode a order. Was, there was, there was, was, a, there was a full, full season. season. There was a full season. It, no Eddie Murphy. It was. That's right. It was a half season. So I think yeah, it was, it was only 13 It was. It was. It was. A, and same with Gary and Mike. Gary and Mike also had like a phantom season. Well, we yeah, only it was worse because, because we only, we'd only done half season in the first place. <laughs> yeah, so six episodes, half season. Yeah, to a all quarter told, season. I think I think Gary and Mike was like twelve or thirteen episodes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was like super yeah. tiny. Yeah, it was really tiny. Didn't feel tiny though. Felt like, no, it was a felt like a lot of work. So Jeff, you went from the PJs. Yeah. To did you work on Gary and Mike at all? I didn't work on that at all. You didn't work on. So it was just on the PJs. Because it was at the same time. Because it was yeah. Because they were happening yeah, at the same time. That was like a really lucky break though that I got a pick because it was just I didn't know any much about um, yeah. the show, so it was more just like oh I'd seen the PJs. But and you were like I don't want to work on a show where the backgrounds are just photoshopped. Yeah, maybe I didn't know it? anything about that. I was I, I had a buddy who was interning at that time, so I, I walked around the Gary and Mike stage when I was a young when I was a young and um, and just marveled at the wall system. So mm-hmm. their sets for the most part were printed photographs yeah. Yeah. instead yeah. of having sets and, yeah. and that sort of thing. And it, it played like it, it played yeah. in camera. Yeah. yeah. Well, the thing that was lucky though, was that I, uh, it lasted much longer. The right. 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 So it's it kind of like a lucky long. break. Yeah. And that lucky. worked out. It kind of worked into other jobs for me. And it worked out for me too, because I, I was <laughs> yeah. getting less work because <laughs> yeah. I was at Gary Mike, but then like, I, you know, 
Jeff was so busy, he had to go to San Francisco for a while or L.A. for a while. So I just I got to stay at Jeff's place when I was unemployed. It was perfect. Right. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Now, how did you hear about the PJs? Did Chuck tell you about it, or how did you know about the show? Well, I'd seen the show. You had seen it, it. Had been on but TV. how did you know that they? You I think just Chuck, sent... Chuck, I'm sure Chuck was like, "Hey, you know, send yeah. your stuff right now." I heard right. they were looking for people, and I'm sure it helped. I think Mary was like, "Oh, you like." I'm sure I see he, that you knew Chuck. Well, like, yeah. Then, I mean, that's a pretty good mentor to have. Yeah. You're going to have a mentor. Well, I remember, so when we we were on Deathmatch, so first season on Deathmatch, I worked with, you know, Brad Schiff was my shooting partner for here and there. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, just, you know, Misha Klein and, you know, lots, there were lots of people that were on that first season. And, I mean, the first season was like six months. And then after the first season, there was like, a mat like a mass exodus like a bunch of people just went to portland like disappeared right. like brad and cameron gray mm. and adam. misha adam pierce like or maybe adam was the second i don't know but there was like there was a tiny exodus of like people that like heard about this pjh job and just left and the rest of us were there just kind of like i don't know anything about portland and right you know it was just kind of like eh, whatever those guys who knows what they're doing right and we all kept working and i remember like a few months later, um, Brad and Cam came back to visit, and maybe I shouldn't say this, but I know I say it, say it, say it. So they basically like came back and like recruited us all, yeah, yeah. to go work on second season of PJs, and so it was because of that that I made my way to Portland, and lots of other people did because we had this connection. Like you know, Brad and Cam recommended all these people. And then, you know, Mary was it because up. it was new? Do you know what I'm saying? Instead of staying in New York in the Big Apple and working for MTV, you guys hadn't been out to like you personally hadn't been to Portland no, before. I didn't know. I knew it was like the other side of the fucking world yeah, compared to New like, York. Yeah. What, you know, and I mean, of course, I was interested, but I didn't know anything about Portland. And, you know, but MTV was not the it wasn't the best place to so work. I, heard, I yeah. mean, we were it was. Because earlier, <laughs> but earlier in this in this podcast, Jeff, you had said I'm surprised people didn't set off the fire alarms on yeah. purpose there. Because I've heard stories, I've heard stories. Yeah, it was a Amazing difficult story. show. We, <laughs> I mean, we were just kids, right? We didn't know. Yeah. We were getting paid nothing, mm-hmm. and we were working crazy hours. Yep. Crazy, like we were just staying till like you know, super late at night. And you're serving as your own DP, your own set dressers. Dear God. And, you know, like, I was hired, when I first started, I was hired as an assistant because we worked in teams, right? So I was, uh, this guy, uh, Pete List, who Mm. also worked on PJs, um, I was his assistant because he had done some commercials and he had more work experience. So, you know, I was hired as an assistant and we worked together. And then, like, three months later, I was the lead and someone else was my assistant but I was still getting paid right. what the assistant was getting right. paid and you know oh, I didn't like and, that and, brutal. and also and I was like this you know it's oh. shit like that that gives producers a bad fucking name in animation and, and the, yeah and but the, also then there's a and the management there was like they were MTV like you know they were television show but they were like tourists when people. it comes to stop motion they were complete yeah, tourists yeah, yeah. Like live action people that yeah, didn't yeah. have any, that's I mean, a the, fucking nightmare when the, management doesn't oh, know anything yeah, about yeah yeah yeah. And yeah. Just the producer was. Yeah, and you look at the other side of that too. For Leonard Skinner, <laughs> and he wore leather pants. Nice. He was yeah. I mean, anyway, so a lot of us were looking for something else, 
and we know nobody knew how long the deathmatch thing would go. Yeah. Pretty long time. Yeah, like 18 years. Right. And it went on forever, <laughs> and then it moved to Canada, and it kept going. And But also what they were offering on the other side, because it's not just like you guys were all on the lookout for new work. It was also that like PJs was desperate to staff up and they were offering more money and armatured puppets and like stuff that looked really good. Like I remember you telling me about the job and it was like, it was like, uh, everybody already knew that it was because I don't think first season had come out. Like, I don't think I'd seen the show by time you had started working on second season. I don't feel like I'd seen it either. Um, so I so I want to say that there was that, that that somehow it had gotten somehow you knew that like oh they're really gonna do this up like they're doing like a full stop motion production and every, we all knew who Will Vinton yeah, was, I mean, was you know like because of the Noid and the, the raisins yeah. yeah we'd grown up on that stuff yeah. and like yeah. you know and so it see you knew that it the there was like a sense of like legitimacy to this project. That's so that crazy wasn't. to hear that. Cause I mean, yeah. me as a kid growing up here in Oregon, we had who in my mind's eye, it was Mike McKinney come out to my grade school when we were in fourth grade and bring the raisins out and demonstrate to us as kids. And we saw the raisins and, we, and I, you know, I had a kind of a peripheral understanding mm-hmm. of what that was, but so Will Vinton really had that big of a reach. I went as a hot from like when I was, Four or five. I mean. Fuck me. Yeah, Even yeah. It, it, down from Santa Barbara and you guys, you know, being on the East I Coast. I went as a as a raisin, California raisin for Halloween once year. One year. It was just a was garbage it last year. It was <laughs> just a garbage bag with a couple of eyeballs glued to it. That's awesome. It was like the Sid and Marty Croft version of a so, California raisin. So the <laughs> So it was fun. So it was a nice starter wife or starter house for somebody coming right out of school, working for MTV and working for Celebrity Deathmatch. That was a and weird. Then, that was a weird Freudian slip there. I don't know, right? Is that what they call it? Like a starter house or a starter wife or starter husband? A starter house, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't there a TV show called Starter Wife? Sorry, I'm divorced. That's so terrifying. It, it rings true. Um, it was. I mean, it was like a boot camp, right? Yeah. It was like all these kids who you know had made a film or worked a little bit, and most of the animators had done commercials, so they right. animated like you know a couple of days here and there. But we were shooting. Like tons of shots for like 10, 12, 15 hours a day. You're just right. shooting, shooting, shooting. Yeah. And so if you do that on anything, you just get better. Right. Like almost instantly. And the PJs was the same way. Yeah. I mean, all of a sudden we're working with grabbers and great puppets and just putting in the hours. And you're working with great animators because a lot of the, the like yeah, one of the things that, people there. Yeah. And, like you, you would, know, just, there would be lead people there. And that, the pressure of like, I thought my test looked great when I did my test and then like I saw it two months after I was working there and I looked back at the test and I was like, holy shit, this is terrible looking. And a big part of that I think was like your shots are put up against these people that have, you know, that are so much better than you every day that the pressure is on to like live up to that. Um, Cause who was there? You had Mike Johnson. Right? I don't know. Who's Kyle, over there. Kyle Bell. I remember. Oh, Kyle Bell. Bell. Right. Really exactly. His, yeah. His stuff was, Jeff Molcaster. Molcaster, right. Um, Wait, so were you guys working the day the fight broke out and, and went from the stages one, to art department one. to one, when yeah. Amanda Bennett is like, can security, can some strong people come here? <laughs> anyway. Before our time. Um, but yeah, like, and, well, and you know, Chuck Duke was there and I just remember everyone, it was, they, everyone was so nice and helpful. And yeah. no one seemed like insecure. It was just like if 
But well, it was just the like more a new veteran people would help everyone. Yeah, that's and amazing. For like the time, it was like a new thing to have like a big stop motion show because that hadn't right. really happened since Gumby. Then the new Gumby, right? right? Well, it was so, also prime time instead of a cartoon. It was kind of like a yeah. And you guys had a million. The rumor was that um, it was a million dollars an episode. I think that was the and and right now, if you look at a twenty-two minute. Thing, you know, looking at 220,000. Yeah, I would But be and surprised. also, we were shooting on film, so it was like, that's we right, you guys were shooting on film. We were getting yeah. processed and that's transferred, right. and but it was like a different. I wonder if, animal. so when you guys joined at that point, the shooting days had moved to Monday through Thursday. No, so no, that was only the third season. Maybe oh, third halfway season. Through halfway through, through season two, yeah. right. But I wonder if the vibe, even though it was a giant juggernaut when you like add up all the people and the headcount of the PJs, if you can trace that chill environment from the top all the way down. Do you know what I'm saying? Like from management, especially like all of us knowing Mary Sandell very intimately, like her management style is incredibly hands off. She's a has really great bedside manner. She doesn't really uh, she doesn't really promote insecurity. You know, I feel like she maybe there's other people responsible, but I guess I'm just getting at if management is cool, even a large system like that, if that kind of ripples outward as well. Oh, definitely. There's just so many cool people that were working there that were kind of the senior level people. And they were passionate people that, you know, had been doing this thing for so long and suddenly to see it get bigger and bigger, you know, they their just heart was in it you know and prior to that they were like driving cabs and shit because the work had dried up well yeah i I don't know what it was like before that but probably and and at that time like portland was still a really cheap place Mm -hmm. to live Mm -hmm. and the artist community was cool i just and you know it's it's portland you know it was just laid back and like it, it was nothing like being on the east coast like i remember moving here and just being like why doesn't anyone know how to use a four-way stop? Or, right, you know, right, yeah, yeah. This was so like the land that time forgot. Ingrained, like, yeah. this is a city? Yeah. Oh, my God. This is, like, the greatest city ever because, you know, there's no... Everyone's no. everyone's so nice, and everyone if you came so nice. and I, if you come out in the summertime, it was like, wow, this is, like, oh, wonderful yeah. weather yeah, and like, everyone's yeah, nice. And... I came out on one of my first days and I was, like, looking at the hills and I was by John Ashley and I was like, can't believe how green it is in the summer and then he chuckled and he's like you'll find out why eight and a half eight and a half months out of the year so you so you've spent most of your career on the west coast and here in portland but is it accurate to say that um were you on fantastic mr fox yeah i was for a little bit you were how long were you there for uh just like three months or so and that's at what mill studios three Three mills Yeah. yeah so you were on fox so were you there when they found the nazi 5,000 pound uh, bomb in the back, <laughs> buried in the back of this the This is studio. Trevor's favorite question to ask. Uh, that wow. was the first, yeah. first day of shooting. Fuck me, really? Yeah, so they shut the production of, down for two weeks on the very first day of yeah. shooting. First day. That they found a Nazi era yeah. bomb that hadn't exploded. This is it. It's 5,000 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. Okay, so where where but in the he production? Wasn't there, so he came no, uh, I it came was actually it was kind of towards the end when they needed like an influx. They had to just dogpile to make their schedule. Something like that was happening, and it was a really super lucky break. I had a three month old son at the time, which made it 
pretty challenging. Oh, wow. But um, Because your roots were still here in Portland. Yeah. Yeah, you had that difficult conversation where you were like, <laughs> "I." the thing is, I love... This is my dream. My son. I'm, I, so let's just get that out of the way. I do love this baby, but... We all went. We all went. Yeah. But this was yeah. right... <laughs> you didn't leave, though. Yeah, it wasn't like... They a, all came. This was right... Was, was like this shooting as Coraline? Oh, yeah. As Coraline right ended, end Fantastic Mr. Yeah. Fox began to, to ramp up. So I think it was... Well, that's when they needed people for the last, like, push. Right. Yeah. That was a as big Coraline year for... To get yeah. on, and not all of us did. So that year... So you didn't go to Fantastic Mr. No, Fox. No, I was on a list of short lists that got shorter. <laughs> <laughs> that, okay. that year was... There was Coraline, Fantastic Mr. Fox... Uh, Mary and Max nine, and I want to say ninety nine cents, and maybe an Ardman movie. Although I don't know about the Ardman did, movie. Uh, the Wilson Gromit. I want to say it was before that. No, that was after the curse. after Chicken Run. It would have been Chicken Run. Would have been. No, that was after. No, Chicken Run was going when Corpse Bride, which was what led. So that was like the year before. That's right, because uh, so that's why I have to have a yeah. sheet with dates. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because uh, the line producer, the unit, pro- the UPM left Chicken Run to become the line producer of uh, Corpse Bride to become the line producer of Coraline. Right. Huh. Oh. Um, yes. God, what the fuck? Okay. Now he's producing and he's Harry. producing in Harry Linden. Oh, Harry Linden. Yeah. Uh, and Ezra, Ezra Sumner. Yep. Yeah. So okay. my favorite. You're right. I knew they were on Corpse Bride, but I didn't realize. I worked with Harry Linden for years, actually, post, post Coraline. Yeah. You know, I was his assistant for Were you really? a certain spell of time. Yeah. yeah, it was very nice. British man. Yeah, he he. Re- it was a, one of my favorite dad jokes was directed towards Harry London when we we were in Canada, and this guy goes, this guy goes, huh? Hey, you're British, huh? And Harry was like, oh yeah. And Harry's a very serious man, and he goes, what the uh, what the British guy say when he walked in on his wife with two other guys? And Harry was like, I don't know. He goes. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> it's a good one, right? Uh, it was funny, but he would come back from lunch uh, with just a baguette and some sardines, like no condiments or nothing, and just like take it down. I'm like, didn't it sounds like water? a fucking Bartek lunch right fucking, there. Just, <laughs> <laughs> fucking disgusting. Um, so you're, uh, so you were on Coraline. Yeah. You and I were on Coraline together, but had never actually seen each right. other. Not even I've in the never, mess hall, I don't or think I've never seen you. Before. No. That's crazy. I was always upstairs with like the HR assholes and we like stuff there. and like I wasn't I there. Knew who you were? But I knew you from Coraline. Yeah. But I don't. But I don't know. But I. But I've. I've seen your name on every like. I think I probably like signed shit for you there or something. Like. Sign. Sign that paycheck. Not a, Yeah. Not a lot of. Yeah. Not a lot of girls. Yeah. Um, so you were on Coraline, then you went to Fantastic Mr. Fox, then yeah. you came back for Paranorman. That's right. And then you stayed through Box Trolls, uh, picture I'm, number three. I've just been there since that. Since there? Yeah. Or since since then. since then? Yeah, since uh, So that includes... Back Paranorman. And then, so that includes Kubo. Yeah. And then what are you doing right now? Uh, we just finished one, it's called Missing Link. You've finished picture number five, that's yeah. being directed by Chris Butler. Right. And this is his first solo venture because prior on Paranorman, he co-directed with... He did co-direct it. I mean, he... I guess he, could, he definitely co-directed it, but he had written Paranorman, so it's sure. pretty similar. Where he wrote but they got Sam Fell. Yeah, I think Sam Claire Jennings brought yeah, Sam yeah. Fell in. Yeah. But I think at that time, um, 
they probably want to protect their investment and bring like an old veteran in. Not that they well, didn't trust more, Chris, right? Stop motion, it just pays off to have, to have two. two because eventually, once they're on the same page, you can split them. Yeah, and then you don't get the log jam. Because we had that with uh, with Mike Cachuela for the first forty percent of 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 Coraline, and then I think um, it was like a, less than that. He was there for the first year. He was definitely there for pre-production. It was two years at production. That's true. If you... I, you know what I love about Mike is he's an enigma wrapped in a puzzle, wrapped in a, another enigma. I can never tell what he's thinking. I can never know if he's joking or if he's being serious. And I thought it was like, this is the most amazing thing. Um, so that's great. So you're on, you're on like full on sabbatical now. So I'm you just, can just, yeah, I'm, I'm, you go to I'm swim class every day and just hang out. Class, I'm working on a film working on for 10 years oh right on dude that's awesome 15 seconds a year holy (laughs) that's great yeah that's the story of everyone at this table yeah we all got we all got some kind of bullshit that goes on in the basement yeah in between it's true as a producer i just make giant bears out of Uh uh, out of found material that's a thing that's a thing um well, this is great. So we've gone a little bit over our hour, and I have to head back over the hill. For anyone listening from Los Angeles, um, I have to drive into Hillsboro, which is where Leica is, and that's very much like driving from Hollywood into the valley. It's not. It's not pretty. Um, but thank you guys so much for coming and hanging out. Like um, Sue, I haven't seen you in a really long time, yeah, which you're weird. totally awesome. And, <laughs> and Jeff, we've worked indirectly, but I've yeah. never met you in person. So thank you. So yeah, likewise, again, sorry about the AC. And it's so fucking hot in here. I'm like, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. I think it's just because I'm wearing too many layers. Yeah. Why you I got a long sleeve shirt? My I'm talking about it's hot. I got a long sleeve shirt on. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, yeah. So yeah, thank you very much. And thanks, Rob, for inviting these guys. Over. Always. It's great to have you guys and you know i think this is something that happens sometimes but i feel like we barely got it we went over and we barely got into it so i would love to have you guys back if you don't mind and you're on mic now so the pressure's on so you have to say you can't be rude now we'd love to yeah i'd love to come back (laughs) we have it recorded yeah (laughs) that's Um, awesome yeah thank you again guys and and um, again thanks to um uh Ralph Darden for lending us this track that plays us in and plays us out. Thanks, uh, Ralph. From his band, The High Lights of Ants. And um, we will uh, see you next week. See you next week, guys. <laughs> <laughs>